takes care of you and telling real men are on time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come together in the name of Jesus because he continues forever and has an unchangeable priesthood. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. He's also able to save the uttermost those who come to God through him because he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest is fitting for us who is holy, he's harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and higher than the heavens. He's a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which God erected and not man. Therefore we enter in through his blood, having access by one spirit with him, coming boldly to the throne of grace today to obtain mercy and find grace to help in this time of need. Lord, we need your grace. We need the enabling of the Holy Spirit to teach today. If you don't help us today in this teaching, will fail. The flesh will fail every time. So we're asking for heaven's help in the teaching to bring the spirit of understanding in our midst. Father, in Jesus' name, we release it, release it to you. We commit it to you that you would establish this teaching according to heaven's will and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, the Lord directed me to teach a, a real men's class because we have a lot, lot of men that's uh, young, in the ministry, Amen. And I always teach that if you get if you could if you don't get it right from twenty years old to thirty years old, you're not going to get it right the rest of your life. Those are critical years to find your purpose, to learn how to work, to learn how to seek God, to learn how to put God first uh, in all that you do, and and to learn how to love. You know, these are critical years that we have to learn all this stuff. I see guys that I went to high school with uh, still on drugs and look like they're 100 years old because they missed that mark of development. Amen. Amen. So this class is about real men work. And we're going to have a foundational scripture, 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 26. And I'll read those off. They won't be on the screen. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 19. It says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now, what is the solid foundation of God? And how is that solid foundation established in our life? That foundation is the rebirth of the spirit man, the regenerated man, the new man on the inside. That is the foundation that stands forever in your life. And that is how God knows you through Jesus Christ. But he says, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now, that's an interesting word, and, and we need to know the definition of that because real men need to know what iniquity is. Iniquity is this, wickedness, sin, being unfair in business dealings or even with your friends and family, and it's injustice. So write those down, wickedness. Sin, being unfair and injustice is, a, is the true definition of that. And the spirit of iniquity comes from the enemy. He's sent to mankind 
to get human cooperation. To be able to produce sin. To be able to produce his wickedness. To be able to produce unfair dealings and business and your life and injustice. See, one thing we've got to understand is this. That all ill-gotten gain is lost. If you charge somebody too much for your work, you're going to lose every bit that you overcharge. That's a fact. I've seen it working. You've got to be fair in your business dealing. You've got to be fair and with your friends. And every time you make a transition or a transaction with people, you need to be fair with them and just with them. Because there's a higher power that's looking on our life. There's a higher power. His name is Jesus Christ. And the Father of Heaven is looking on us today. And uh, we want to be sure that He's pleased with us. Amen? We want to be sure He's pleased with us. Now listen. The, the rebirth of man, the born-again spirit, is the foundation of this building. But we want to learn how to build on this foundation. And that's where real men come in. Real men have to know how to build on the foundation of God. So let's look at 2 Timothy 2.20, which says, But in a great house, that's you. That's the born-again man. God sees it as a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Now keep in mind, God calls you a great house. Can you imagine with all the, uh, all the mistakes we've made, all the unjust we made, but he sees you as a great house. As soon as the born-again spirit comes in, as soon as he, the Holy Spirit comes in and makes that new, the, the old man quicken back to God, he says, now that's a great house. But he goes on to say, if you look at the verse, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. So this great house has a mixture of truth and lies. When he talks about gold and silver and wood and hay, he's talking about perishable things and imperishable things. Lies don't hold up. So real men don't lie. Amen? We need to think about that because there's a lot of lying going on in the body of Christ and as people, period, because we're born into the lie. But God says, truth has come in you and truth is your foundation. Amen? And we have to build the house of God with truth, not a mixture of truth and lies. Now let's look at verse 21, see what it says. Now, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, which means the wood, the clay, the lies, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, which means set apart for God, and useful for the master, and prepared for every good work. I want you to write down some key words here. Cleansing. Out of this verse, there's four key words. Cleansing, sanctified, useful, and prepared. This is what God is looking for in men. Real men. Real Jesus men. 
God is looking for a cleansing in our life, a sanctified uh, life, and a life that's useful for God and prepared for every good work. So we cannot be useful for God if there's a mixture going on. So he's saying, cleanse yourself of the latter, which is the wood and the clay, which represent the lies, perishable things, things that don't hold up in the, in the face of God. We need to cleanse ourselves from those. So real men stay clean, and write this, in thought and action. Real men stay clean in thought and action. They are set apart for the master's use and prepared for every good work. So guys, we, we, we need to be prepared for every good work in our family, with our friends, with our church family, in our businesses. We need to be prepared and useful for the master for every good work. Our work should be done unto the Lord. Amen. The Lord taught me that, I don't know how many years ago. He said, Gene, don't worry about pleasing the people. But if you do your work unto me, then the people will be pleased. Amen. Because Jesus wants excellence on everything. If you see anything wrong with your relationship, with your work, then you need to bring it up another notch and get excellency on everything. Our jobs, we, uh, I, I push our construction jobs, keep the job clean. It, it's amazing when you go on a job and see a house completely swept out, how it feels. It feels like you care about that place. Even the house of God here, when it's clean and people come in, they feel like you care about the God that you serve. Amen. So those are the four key words. Now, verse 22, go to verse 22, 2 Timothy 2, 22. It says, now here's the cleansing. This is what we got to cleanse ourselves of. Flee from youthful lust. Flee from youthful lust. Pursue righteousness, faith, and love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So listen, real men run from lust of the flesh. When that temptation comes, if you're a man of God and he knows that you are his because that foundation has been laid, we need to run from lust. Just turn from it and run from it because destruction is behind lust. And it goes on to say, hang out with men who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart, conforming to the will of God in thought, will, and action. Whoever you are hanging around, by association, you're going to get what those people have. Amen. If you're hanging around people who are broke, busted, and disgusted, then that spirit that caused them to be broke, busted, and disgusted will come on you by association. That's what people don't realize. But if you're around people who are wealthy in God and relationships with Him and people and, and have material things that they can honor God with, 
He says, honor me in all your material possessions. That means he wants you to have material possessions. Amen. But he wants to be honored in those. So if you hang around the right people who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, by association, what that person prayed a, paid a price for to get that anointing is coming on you by association. Amen. When you live a debt-free life, then by association, that spirit of God that brought you into a debt-free life will get on somebody else. And all they have to do is take on the mindset, I want to be debt-free. So I'm going to say this, real men are debt-free. Real men are debt-free. I'm talking about real men. In verse 23, real men avoid arguments. It says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they only generate strife. I want to point this out. Ignorance, ignorant questions breeds strife. Ignorant questions breed strife. Men of God, real men, are not to be argumentative. They are not to be contentious. Stirring up something, stirring up an argument. And all of us have done it and all of us are still doing it. That's why God wants me to teach on this class. We're teaching it once a month because I really want to get those other days, you guys studying and getting this teaching in you. Because it'll change your life. The women are looking for guys like you. Your wife is looking for a guy like Jesus. Can you imagine everything that you wanted your wife to be for you will come to pass when you're a real man of God? Because God has made her that way. To submit to you. To, to bless you. With her love. With her presence. And with her truth. And to be a helper for you. And I always say if the head's not right. The tail's not going to be right. You are the head of your wife. Amen. So real men. Their heads are right. With God. And that cleansing power of the Holy Spirit will come down and just begin to wash your bride, wash her from those infirmities, wash her from wrong thinking, and begin to turn towards you in submission of love and truth and mercy and grace. Amen. That's what we want. Real men cannot finish their destiny without a wife. They can step into it, but they'll never finish it they'll never mature in it because she is the voice of god amen she is the voice of god we need to listen to our wives because he said he, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from god so to get grace from god you have to hear the instruction first right so the instruction is coming from her amen I receive that. Verse 24 and 25, real men are servants. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel 
but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. Now we're going to glean from that scripture for a minute. Real men are teachable. Men that aren't teachable are still dealing with pride. Men that aren't teachable are still dealing with pride. Real men are gentle. Real men are patient. Real men are humble in correcting others. Now that's a big one with guys because we always want to correct people. And especially our wives as we just talked about. We need to treat her and love her as Christ loves the church. But real men correct in the spirit of humility. Because the information that they got from heaven came without a price. It came freely. That wisdom, that knowledge and understanding that we need came freely to us. And that should keep us humble to be able to teach it to somebody else who's in opposition with you. Isn't it easy to get in an argument when somebody's opposed to you? But if you just wait and listen to the Spirit of God, He's ready to deliver the message. Or He wouldn't have put you in front of that person. If you'll just listen, He will give you what that person needs. Amen? To bring them into a place of blessing. Every time God speaks, He speaks to bless. The real men are teachable, gentle, patient, and humble in, in correcting others. Real men, I love this, the Lord said, real men preserve the bond of peace. Real men preserve the bond of peace. Amen. So those scriptures right there are the foundational teaching for this whole whole teaching. Now we're going to start building a little bit. Um, and when I asked the Lord, how do we build real men? How do we build real men? And he said, start with uh, Proverbs chapter 3. And just go on to 4. And he gave me some other chapters to, to do that in. But how do I become a real man? How A man that act, actually represents the kingdom of God well. Amen. There's not too many men that can do that, that I've seen. A man that his wife calls him Lord. I can't wait till Chris gets married uh, in December and, and she's saying, Lord, it's time to go. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but real men, real men, their wife will slip up and call you Lord. Amen. That happened to any of you guys yet? No? Then you ain't real men yet. Right? I'm trying to get you there. I'm going to get you there today in this teaching. A man whose children are blessed after them. That's a real man. And how are the children blessed? Children are blessed with peace. Children are blessed with uh, integrity. Children are blessed with material things. They're not in want. God always supplies their needs. Amen. 
So if your children are blessed after you, then you haven't reached the point of being a real man. You only have the foundation laid. So this teaching that the Lord has given me, we're going to build real men in this teaching. A man who excels in his, Proverbs says a man who excels in his work does what? Stands before kings. We need to excel in our workplace. Amen. There's too much laziness out there. And I don't want the kingdom guys in this ministry to be lazy. I want you to wake up with a mindset to worship God and a mindset to put your hand to the plow every day and work unto the Lord. And stay busy. You've got to stay busy. Because if you're busy, God will stay busy with you by keeping your heart glad. That's what he does. When you find your passion in your workplace, your heart will be glad. And you won't care about how much money you're making. Because your heart's glad. You're finding your passion. You're finding your destiny. Amen. So the Proverbs chapter 3 gives us instructions and blessings that follow. This is the only book, and I haven't really did a lot of research on this thing, but God gave me this. He said, now this chapter right here will give you an instruction and tell you what the blessing is after you do the instruction. And this is how we build real men, is following instruction and then being able to receive the blessing after the instruction. Most men have listening deficit disorder. Come on, all of us are like that. Your wife is trying to give us directions while we're driving. We don't want to hear it. We already know the way. And then we go around that place three times. Well, that's the same gas station we went by two days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I do it. Um, I don't like to receive, you know, because I feel like I, I got it down. But I don't have it down. She's already humbled me several times. See, that's what a wife does. She'll keep you humble. That's why men need wives, right? She'll keep you humble. But listen, the more we are convinced of God's love for us, the more we're going to be motivated to listen to him. Don't you listen to somebody who loves you? You're not going to listen to somebody who's yelling at you. You're motivated to listen to those who love you. Amen. I love you. So are you motivated to listen? I think most of you are. Except Todd every once in a while, I mean. (laughs) But he needs a wife, right? (laughs) Keeping humble. Amen. All right, I'm going to break this down in three parts. And you have your little sheet that I gave you. Uh, Charlena might go ahead and get that sheet from her. Because the blessing, number one, the blessings of keeping God's commands. The blessing of keeping God's commands. That's the first part. And then we're going to go into the second part, which means, which is the blessings of correction. And then the third thing is the blessings of giving. The blessings of giving. So the blessings of keeping his command, we're going to be reading from Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. And we're going to see instructions in there, and then we're going to see the mirror, the blessing of that instruction in Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. And then second, the blessings of correction is going to be in Proverbs 3, 11 through 26, where we find, again, 
instruction, and again, blessings that follow instruction. And the third thing, the blessings of giving in Proverbs 3, 27 through 35. We're going to see instructions and we're going to see the blessing that follows obedience. Amen. So we're going to start with verse 1, Proverbs 3, verse 1. Don't forget the law. Keep his commands. Now listen, when he says don't forget the law, we can put logo beside of that. The written word is the law. He says, but keep his commands. We can keep keep his commands. Put rhema word beside that. So when God speaks to you as a man of God, it's a command. It's a rhema word. And every time he speaks, he's commanding. Every time he speaks, he's commanding. But what is the blessing of not forgetting the word of God, keeping it in front of you? And what is the blessing of hearing his command and doing it? It's in verse 2. It says, length of days, long life, and peace will be the blessing. Length of days and long life and peace will be the blessing. If you look at that verse, I'm not going to read it all. I'm just pulling out the blessing of the verse. Long life. Wouldn't it be great to live a long life with total peace? It's possible. If we keep the word of God before us and listen to the voice of God, and his command, and what he would like us to do for today. And that's how you get long life, every day, in peace. Amen? Peace. We're to be vessels of peace. All right, let's look at um, verse 3. Verse 3, it says, Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, when this verse is talking about bind them securely around your neck, Jesus said, take my yoke for it is easy and my burden is light. So what is his yoke? Love. If we take on the yoke of love and we go out every day at our house, we are to be real men of God who love people. Love people, man. You've got to love people. You're on the foundation of love. Your spirit has been birthed by love. Back to God. So you're already standing on a foundation of love. So if we're built up in that love, we should be portraying that love every day. And man, look at the opportunities that you have every day to uh, exhibit love to someone. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, to be able to write the word of God on the tablet of your heart, that is accomplished by meditation. We read the Logos word, the written word, but we meditate on the Rhema word. Whatever God say, says to you, begin to meditate on that. And he's writing it on your heart. And it's amazing how, how he'll do that. And that scripture will come up one year later in a situation that you need to give wisdom in. 
he'll bubble that scripture right up. Isn't it amazing how he does that? You know, there's a bank inside of us of scripture that is at his avail when he needs us to bring it forth. All right, now what is the what is the blessing of not letting mercy and truth forsake you? It's in verse 4. And it says, favor with God and man. I'm not going to read the verses for the sake of time, but you can look them up. It says, God gives you favor with him and with man. Listen, you'll never, ever be a kingdom vessel of honor, sanctified and used for the master, if you don't have favor with men. You get favor with God. That's your foundation in life. But God works through men. God works through the public to bless you. Amen? You can't bless yourself. He's got to work through men. But he's got to give you favor. I've seen God work in this business so miraculously and giving us favor and building huge buildings and not even being low bid on the job. Coming in second, coming in third, coming in fifth sometimes. But the people give us the job, even though it's costing them $100,000 more to come to us. That's favor. Amen. That's favor. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to grow up with in that favor with him and with man. Let's look at verse Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord. Rely confidently on him with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, acknowledge, and recognize him, and he will make your paths straight, smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So when this, when this verse says, trust the Lord with all your heart, what he is saying is, trust your spirit, not your head. All right? But he says, now don't lean on. See, the will of man wants to lean on the understanding of my head. But until that head is renewed by the word of God, it's going to fail you every time. I trust what's in my spirit, man, because it's undefiled. It has truth in it. It has love in it. It has peace in it. So every decision I make, when it says, I trust you, Lord, I acknowledge you in this now. I'm trusting what I'm hearing in my spirit. Amen. And it says, he will establish my thoughts. He will make my way straight. So as soon as I start doing what I'm trusting him in through faith, crooked places begin to be made straight. Amen. You've got to be men, real men who hear from God. On the inside of you. Because listen. He's talking every day. He's talking every day. But our minds. Our senses are so focused on a horizontal movement. That we're missing. The vertical instruction. From God. That doesn't even relate to that horizontal movement. He might want you to go over to here. Instead of looking at what you're doing right now. Amen. Stay in the presence of God. Real men will get up and worship God every morning and look for the master's uh, uh, direction for the day. Jesus, what is your instruction for today? Believe me, if you'll get quiet with him, he'll tell you what to do today. 
Amen. So what is the blessing of these verses? To trust the Lord, uh, lean on, on, on your own understanding. The blessing is, it's in verse 6, he shall direct your path. Isn't it awesome to get up in the morning and know that your path is already laid out for you? There's too many people out there trying to find a way in business, trying to find a way in relationships, trying to find ways and 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 obtaining what their hearts desire when Jesus is saying, I direct the path. Amen. All I have to do is acknowledge him in, in what I'm doing and the path that I'm acknowledging him in is going to come out of my heart, not my head. Amen. Your head is selfish. The, the head is selfish. The mind is selfish. The soul is selfish. God wants real men who are unselfish in everything that they do. From their wife, to their workplace, to their friends, to their money. We have to be unselfish. Amen. I want you to be unselfish. All right, now let's look at um, Proverbs 3, 7. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away. All right, now, so what this is saying is don't lose grip on love and loyalty. Don't ever lose grip on love and loyalty because it will win every time for you. We can have love for people, but not be loyal to people. I see that so much in business. There's people out there that that love you, but they're not loyal to you. Amen. And it could be in families, too. All that's going to change is the real men grow up. In Proverbs 3, this chapter, I'm telling you, if you will do what this instruction is saying, God will bless what he says he will bless you with out of this out of this this chapter. I want to see the fruit of this. Amen. I'm going to see the fruit of this in Kingdom Life Ministry. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Now, what is the blessing of not being wise in my own eyes? Now that that means pride. If I'm wise in my own eyes, I'm full of pride. Here's the blessing in verse 8. It says health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And write this down if you if you if you can. Your body will glow with health. Wouldn't it be awesome just to have my body glowing with health? You see the glow going on. The body is healthy, and, and that glow is the light of Jesus radiating from us, bellowing from us. Your body will glow with health. Your bones, I love this, will vibrate with life. Isn't it amazing sometimes we can pray for people and you can feel your bones rattling, vibrating on the inside? That's life coming into you. Your bones will vibrate with life just because I haven't lost my grip on love and loyalty to people that God has put in my path. How are we doing? You all getting this? Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops, your income. What does honor mean? If I'm going to honor the Lord in my 
possessions and honor the Lord in my first fruits of my income. We have to know what honor means. Honor means respect. Respect him. And how do we respect the Lord? How do we do that? We give him all the credit for those possessions. We give him all the credit for that first fruit of increase. We give him all the credit. We don't take any credit for what the Holy Spirit has done. Now, when you get to that place, you'll be so full of joy that you don't take credit for anything. I've learned it. I'm telling you, God will bless you so much that the weight of the blessing will keep you humble. Because you look at yourself and, and, and say, well, I couldn't do this in 10 lifetimes. You, you actually step over into a supernatural realm where multiplication comes on you beyond your years. Amen. That's what real men experience is the multiplication of God. And I'm telling you, it's, it, it's a lifestyle that cannot be explained by words. Just like love cannot be explained by words. Because love is inexhaustible. You can't exhaust it. Amen? You cannot exhaust love. So, I want you to come into a supernatural weight of His glory. And look at verse 10. This is, this is, this is the, the blessing for honoring the Lord with your possessions. That means giving Him all the credit. Honoring the Lord in the first fruit of the increase that He brought into your life. Look at the blessing in verse 10. It says your bank accounts will be filled with plenty. It says your barns there, but in the in the, the new, today's time, it's bank account. Would you like your bank account to be filled with plenty? That you would have more than enough to help somebody? Your bank accounts will be filled with plenty, and it says your containers will overflow with new wine. Who's the container? Where's the container? I'm the container. You're the container. Who's the new wine? The Holy Spirit. Can you imagine being, being overflowed with the Holy Spirit? What would your life be? Joy, joy, joy. 24-hour joy, right? Nothing will bother you. The joy of the Holy Spirit will be flowing out of you because you honored the Lord in your possessions, because you gave Him the first fruit of your increase. How easy can that be? Look how easy God has made this building process for us. Just follow the instruction. It's simple. And the blessing follows the obedience. Amen. We receive instruction, but we have to obey the instruction. A lot of us receive instruction, but not be obedient to the instruction. Listen, blessings are attracted to your obedience. Blessings are attracted to your obedience. Proverbs 10, 17 says, He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he refuses it, goes astray. We have to receive it and keep it. If we're keeping it, we're saying we're going to obey it. 
And we'll never go astray. We'll never go on the wrong path. God will keep us on the path of life every time. All right, so those are the blessings of instruction. Now, let's go to the second part of this teaching, the blessings of correction. The blessings of correction. I'm going to verse uh, verse 11. It says, do not dislike correction of the Lord. It is a sign of his love and our sonship. So when he corrects us, it's a sign of his love and our sonship with him. Amen. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrects. Now, how does he correct? There's three ways that he does it in, in Hebrews. He what? Chastens, he rebukes, and he scourges. And what does chasten mean? Instruction. You, he's, he's chastening you today because I'm instructing. That's what chasten means, instruction. And we have to do what the instruction says. Amen. And if we don't do it, he's going to bring somebody by to rebuke you and say, look, you're supposed to be doing this, right? And what he's trying to do is get your head to line up with your heart in that rebuke. Because you received the instruction, but you didn't do it. So someone's going to come by and say, look, man, you ought to be you should, you're supposed to be doing this. So he can bring it an alignment. A vertical alignment that your soul is in agreement with your heart. But most of us don't even yield to that because of what? Pride. And he throws it into scourging. Now, what is scourging? It's a circumstance that you can't control because pride wants to control circumstance. Pride wants to control people. And God's trying to eliminate pride from men. Real men are not prideful. They're humble. They're gentle. Amen. So he'll deliver it into a circumstance that you absolutely cannot control. And I think it's interesting. that He didn't have a fourth discipline. That one always works. That third one always works. Because he's using that to remove things out of your life that were not birthed or born out of the Spirit of God. Amen. Or people. He'll move people out of your life that were not born by his spirit to come into your life. So that's what the circumstance, that's what the scourging is, is getting rid of everything that you're holding on to that keeps your pride lifted up. Amen. God doesn't want us to fall. So he brings the teaching, he brings the rebuke, and he brings the scourging in to keep us from falling. Amen. And it's amazing. People say, well, what do I do in my trial? What do I do when I can't control the thing anymore? I said, did you hear the instruction? God already gave you an instruction. Just go back and do it. And you'll pass right through that trial. And the blessing will be on the other side. Look at the blessing in, in verse uh, 13 through 17. I'm not going to read those, but I'm, I'm pulling out the blessing that's in those verses. Number one, you'll find wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. So you find wisdom in instruction. You find wisdom in rebuke. You find wisdom in, in your scourging. Amen. <laughs> wisdom is right there for you to receive. 
when you're uh, when you're in this uh, teaching instruction. It's right there for you to receive. Number two, we gain understanding. That means insight. Wisdom gives you the divine perspective on the other other side of your problem. That's why we need wisdom. Real men of God walk in wisdom. They see the divine perspective on the other side of their problems. They see the divine perspective on the other side of a relationship. They see the plan of God because they have followed instruction. So real men follow instruction. And the third thing, third blessing here is length of days, riches and honor, pleasantness and pass of peace. So he's going to give you a long life. He's going to give you riches and honor with those riches and pleasantness so you can enjoy it. And he's going to keep you in the pass of peace. Isn't that amazing? Just by yielding. And just by not disliking the correction of the Lord. He's so merciful. Verse 21. Do not let wisdom and understanding depart from your eyes. In other words, men, you've got to guard your thinking. What are you thinking on? What are we thinking on? Is it constructive or destructive? We have to judge what we are really thinking on. Amen? Because God gives us the thoughts to think on. And those thoughts come out of instruction. Amen? If you're listening to instruction today, and you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be obedient to this instruction, then out of that instruction are going to come thoughts from God that you begin to think on. And when you can begin to think on the thoughts of God, a birthing takes place. A birthing takes place. Why did God call wisdom her? She. All through the Bible, wisdom is called she. Because, because wisdom bursts the new thing. It bursts the new thing. And pain is just before birth. Amen. How do you know you stop birthing children or birthing a new thing? You have no more pain. Amen. You're just walking in the new life. Now you're living in the new life. All right. When there's no more pain, it tells you where you are. You are now living that life that God intended you to live in. So it's a blessing to go through a trial and there's no more pain. It's a blessing to have opposition and no more pain. Amen? So I'm going to try to get you all to de de develop in this so that there will be no pain in real men. No pain in real men. Verse 22 uh, says the blessing, actually through 26. Do not let wisdom... And understanding depart from you. That's the instruction. Guard your thinking. But look look at the blessings here. Number one, life to your soul and grace to your neck. Life to your soul and grace to your neck. Second blessing is you will walk safely and your sleep will be sweet. 
How many of you have a hard time going to sleep? Sometimes, not anymore. Your head hits the pillow, you're gone. Gone in the, into the bliss of heaven. Your sleep will be sweet. You've done something right. The next blessing here is we'll not be afraid of sudden terror anymore. In other words, you're not, not going to be an alarmist. How many of you all been there before? Just an alarmist. Because a sudden lie showed up. Sudden terror is nothing but a lie because God's already conquered it. That's the mindset we got to take on. Uh, we, our son got in an accident while we were here Saturday night, and they had to helicopter him in. Uh, and it was amazing. We thought, and I was just, man, I'm telling you, of course, I just came out of the glory Saturday night. And Zinni was kind of a little bit shaken. I said, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. And that car got cut in half. We have pictures of it. You could see the floorboard, the, the grass between the back seat and the front seat. The car got cut in half. He went off the road, hit some dirt, and slammed into a pine tree. Now you think about this. If he hadn't been prayed for, the devil could have used that. He could have been a minute later or a minute earlier, and the pine tree would have went through the driver's seat. He had one little scratch right here. Didn't need stitches or anything. And he was driving over, the officer said, close to 100 miles an hour. I talked to the officer, and he said, this is an absolute miracle. And the other boy's out of the hospital, too. Untouched because of a parent's prayer. It's amazing what happened. So it's really got his attention and his three buddies. So they're all coming to me this week to receive Christ. All three of them are going to be sitting right there. All three of them are coming. He called me last night. Praise God. God knows how to get our attention. Amen. And keep us safe and getting our attention. But it'll put chills down your spine to see that car. And none of them knew Jesus. Where'd they be today? They'd be in hell. If God, those angels hadn't slowed up that car a little bit. I feel the power of God right now. It's heavy. It's heavy. And it's, it's strange because the Lord told me two weeks ago that was going to happen. To get his attention. But he said the prayer will protect his life. Amen. Give God some praise for that. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Where are we at? I'm losing track here. What was the last thing? Okay. Uh, uh, the blessing of not being afraid. All right. By not letting wisdom and understanding depart from you. And then the next one is the Lord will be your confidence. That's the, the last blessing of not letting wisdom and understanding depart from you. 
Now, when it says the Lord will be your confidence, what that means is the Lord will be your faith. Confidence is faith. When you have confidence in something, that is faith. You have faith in that. And God gives you his faith when you follow instruction. I'm so glad I don't have to use my faith anymore. Because my faith is attached to pride. That I can do anything. Amen? If, if you have to say I, then you know your faith is in operation. And it's going to cause you to fall. Every time, your faith will cause you to fail. Amen? And God picks us right back up and says, let's try it again. Let's try it again. All right, so Proverbs 12, 1 says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is what? Stupid. That's a pretty hard word. He who hates correction is stupid. So those are the blessings, the instructions and the blessings of correction. Now we're going to go into the blessings of giving. We've got about 10 minutes. We're going to be finished. Uh, let's look at um, uh, Proverbs 3.11. My son, do not... Reject or take lightly the discipline of the Lord. Learn from your mistakes the testing that comes from his correction through discipline. Now, I'm going to go on to verse, uh, Proverbs 3.12 as well. My son, let them not escape from your sight, but keep sound wisdom and discretion. Now, listen, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you what the blessings are in these verses. Actually, 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 we we should just go on down to. Um, is this the right page? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, the blessings of giving. The blessings of giving. I'm going to start with Proverbs three twenty seven. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it's in your power to do it. Now, listen. I've taught this before. If you see someone in need and nobody else around you saw it, then God's already given you the power and the resources to meet that need. So he's saying, do not withhold when it's, when it's in your hands because it will bring you to poverty if you withhold it. Amen? It will bring you to poverty. I'm going to go to Proverbs 3.29. Do not devise evil against your neighbor who lives securely beside you. How many, of, how many of you have ever talked about your neighbor? The Lord said not to do it. It says he's, he's there for a purpose. He's there for a purpose. Securely beside you. Proverbs 3.30. Do not quarrel with a man without a cause if he has done no harm to you. You ever run around people, run into people who just want to stir up an argument? Just probe you and, and, you know, needle you until you uh, argue back. Don't argue back. And don't be one of those people. Proverbs 3.31 says, Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. Now, if we do this, there's blessing. There's blessing. So write these blessings down. Verse 32 says, His secret counsel is given to you. So when you don't withhold good from it is due, 
God gives you secret counsel. Amen. And he only gives his friends that kind of counsel. So I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a teaching soon on moving from infancy to sonship to friendship with God. There's a big difference between sonship and friendship. All right, so in the verse 33, it says, He blesses your home. That means He's causing your home to prosper and succeed in everything you do. Amen? And verse 34 says, He gives grace to the humble. So now we've got a flow of grace. You're so blessed by this point that His, his grace is flowing to your humble state. Because grace has got to maintain the blessing. Amen? The grace of God has to maintain what he's given you. And then the last one is verse 35. We shall inherit glory. Now, who is the glory? That is the Father. Amen? He called Abraham what? His friend. So how do you know you inherited the glory? You have a friend. He's going to give you secrets. That nobody else has. You're going to hear his voice. He's going to talk to you. He's going to love on me and Carrie. We're driving down the car. In the car. We start talking about how good daddy was. And the glory shows up in the car. And we just weeping. Driving in the car. That's because you're a friend of God. Amen. You're a friend of God. So that's the blessing. Now let's look at Proverbs 11. 24, the blessings of giving is, I got two more scriptures. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Amen. So we got to be real men who scatter love. Who scatter material things and bless other people. That's real men. I, listen, I would make it a point every day. To give something away. I don't care how big it is or how small it is. Just do it unto the Lord. Lord, I'm doing this for you today. For you said, blessed is the one who gives. Do it every day. Remember that cycle? Um, and Todd, I don't know if you can. You can uh, let me read this last scripture. Proverbs 11.25. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will be watered himself. So if you can zero in, Todd, on this little, little, this little chart, if I can find it, um, the giving chart so that live stream people can see it. Can you see that on live stream? This is a little chart the Lord gave me uh, to help this class understand cycles of blessing. So we're giving to God, we're giving to others. And once that leaves our hands, it says you have to tend it. Most people don't tend the blessing. They don't tend to the seed. If a farmer plants a seed, he's going to tend to that seed. He's going to water it. He's going to cultivate it. He's going to watch over it. You have to do the same thing with what leaves your hand. God expects you to do it. And this is how you do it. You do it through worship, meditating, prayer, and thanksgiving. 
Now, you don't have to be worshiping your seed or meditating on your seed. You're maintaining a relationship with God. And he takes care of watering your seeds. Amen. That's got to be a daily thing. And then the harvest begins to come. And look what happens. Faith is an action. God's never going to bring something to you unless you step forward to it first. Amen. That's what faith is. It moves towards the blessing, towards the harvest. He expects obedience and praise as you receive your harvest. Obedience and praise as you receive the harvest. Amen. And then joy increases. Now, joy is a result of what? Salvation. Salvation means what? Whole. Something has been made whole in my life. So what I sowed came back in a harvest and made something whole in my life. That's what you've got to get a handle on this. You can preach the word all day long, but if you're not giving, nothing's working for you. Amen? Because money and wisdom answers all things. So if you're preaching, you need to be giving. Amen. Help the people. Help the people around you. So joy is increased. And this is when we rest in that salvation. We rest in his love. And listening. Of how to sow one more time. This is a cycle of blessing. And it snowballs. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. So that's that's how it works. Praise God. Any, anybody got any questions before we close? You understand what's happening here? God is giving us a Pacific book, a Pacific chapter to build real men of God. Amen. So I, we're going to have this every 30 days, once a month, because I really want you to apply these scriptures and start receiving the blessing from them. Because in 30 days from now, I want to hear testimonies. I want you to have a testimony. Amen. You're going to help be held accountable to this. We got to have testimony. All right. Any questions? Y'all get this today? Amen. Let's. Let's pray and close it. Father, I thank you for this teaching. Lord, I just ask that you bless them. Bless all the men that are watching and the men that are here. I release the spirit of wisdom and re revelation upon them, Lord, to the knowledge of you. That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in them and what is exceeding greatness of your power towards them who believe, according to the working of your mighty power. We thank you for your word. We receive your word. We'll be obedient to your word. And we will embrace the blessing and honor you and our blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him some praise. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is going to give testimony to all the people. I'm telling you.